Welcome to season two of Fairbank and Friends. How did we get here? Where are we going? And how do we stay present through the journey? Join us and marinate in the mystery. All right, welcome back to another episode of Fairbank and Friends. This might be redundant because I think that's in my intro. But here we are. Um, I am sitting here on Bainbridge Island with Joe Dewey, who was my first boyfriend from when I was 13. So yes, this is an episode of The X-Files. And uh, we met in middle school, Hyla Middle School, back in many years ago. And... 2001. Nailed it. I'm like, sure. Um... Yeah, we've kept in touch over the past 20-something years sporadically, and um, I came back to the island um, for some family stuff, and uh, we hung out, and he kindly agreed to be a guest on the podcast, so thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So, first question is, what is one of your simple pleasures? Um, I think just... Going on random hikes and walks and things like that, um, usually by myself. Mm-hmm. I like to, I don't know, I like to be out in nature, especially like at night for some reason. Okay. I just like the stars and sky and yeah, I don't know. I Any walks on the island in particular that you like? I really, I, I love all the um, trails and stuff like uh, Grand Forest. Mm. Um, there's the one on the north end. uh cannot for the life of me think of it but um, right it's just this part of the island that i go to and don't know the names of because i've been here for so long and i live all gucci uh i lived right down the street from it where your old house yeah 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 okay yeah over on winter nice yeah grand forest is one of my favorites yeah but i also like the south end yeah like just except can't really walk around at night out there just because you look kind of, it's kind of suspect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rich area. Yeah. 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 It's a very weird island that we grew up on. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Vanity Fair once called it the Nantucket of the Northwest. Did they really? They did indeed. Oof. Yeah. I like to refer to it as Trauma Island. Oh my gosh. I'm it, sorry. It's all good. We got some mics flying. We're having a good time. <laughs> okay, let's let's do this the right way. Perfect. Uh, what is something that you are curious about? Uh, a lot of things. Too many things. Um, curious about the human condition in general. Right. Like just, I, I, I people fascinate me. Um, the mind fascinates me. Um, why why we do why we do anything it just fascinates me people people are, i think just, i don't know it's interesting i have a lot of i don't know if it's just the people that i attract or that agree to do the podcast but i've had this answer from a lot yeah a lot of people yeah not not too shocking yeah yeah um what is something that you are currently passionate about um, currently playing lots of guitar, um, uh, mostly that I kind of pour myself into one hobby at a time usually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, when, when I was, <laughs> when I was first getting sober, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was pretty much what, what got me through a lot of the first little bit was finding something to pour myself into and mm-hmm. music and guitar was, was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of guitar do you play? Like, like physical, like classical, right. acoustic, oh, electric. Uh, so I play an acoustic, mm-hmm. um, it's a custom built guitar that my dad built himself. Whoa, which, Larry uh, Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Ken Savage. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I play mostly acoustic stuff. I mean, I play punk rock and like, you know, alt and stuff, but it's on an acoustic. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, like folk punk. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So fun fact, uh, for all the listeners, I had a punk rock phase, um, <laughs> back in the day, like mosh pits and shit. Um, (laughs) yeah, you know what? Some, some of us dabble and others find, find their people. Um, yeah. And every time I listen to sublime, I think of you. (laughs) For me, it's Nirvana for you. Oh yeah. It was funny because I, that day we introduced each other. Did you we? introduced me to Nirvana and I introduced you to Sublime. Nice. Your, yeah, I remember that. That's very awesome. Well. Yeah. Any uh, songs right now that are your favorites uh, that you go to? Um, yeah, there's uh, there's two songs in particular by this one artist that I've just been just heavy rotation. Um, this guy named Benjamin Todd. He's a, like, I guess you'd call him like folk. Americana style but like um from the standpoint of like he, he's he sings about things that are are more like hard life type things mm-hmm. and like uh train hopping life type things okay. and uh his his old best friend and uh old band member uh sorry it's okay <laughs> um, he recently, uh, unfortunately, had had committed suicide, I think, mm. and uh, he he wrote these two songs about him, and uh, well, one's uh, sort of about him, but uh, it's called "Using Again," and mm-hmm. then the other one is uh, something Babylon, <laughs> mm. um, which they're they're just beautiful, absolutely stunning songs. Benjamin Todd. Okay, and they were written about his friend who passed. Uh, it seems that like that. Okay. Like I, I mean, and the thing that hit me the most was, um, was that about six months ago, almost, uh, I lost my my best friend. Uh, yeah. Um. And so I think those songs just hit hard, you know, a little extra hard. Yeah. But yeah, they're special to me. Yeah, it's. I think that's one of the beautiful things, at least for me, about music, poetry, whatever, is hearing other people tell stories and hearing your own story in that. And so you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm not the only person going through this. I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially in... There's something about words for me. I've always been, like, big into words. And, mm-hmm. like, just any any uh, musician that can have, like, a nice size vocabulary, like, yep. I'm like... Whew. Yeah. That's my thing. That's yeah. my jam. I love yeah. that. Uh what when are you the most happy? 
Um, I'd say on days like so today is beautiful. It's like kind of kind of crisp out, like brisk. It's like like not perfectly sunny and um, mm-hmm. blue skies, but it's like cracks of cracks of blue skies and sun shining through and like especially in a scenic view like this like I I love stuff like this um nature in general I just like I I don't know there's there's so much stuff out here like I get sick of the northwest a lot yeah (laughs) often Mm -hmm. I've left often too but I don't know there's something about it it's beautiful um so I, I find myself happiest when I'm like I don't know it doesn't have to be alone but a lot of the times it will be just mm-hmm. because kind of don't really hang out with anybody out here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, just taking in the scenes. Mm-hmm. We are recording in my uncle's guest house and it's um, by the water, like overlooking the water. So I'm actually staring at Puget Sound um, as I speak. Uh, and surrounded by trees and great blue herons and it's a very peaceful beautiful and serene yeah yeah it kind of feels like the world stops a little bit yeah yeah at least calms down a bit Mm -hmm. yeah it's nice very nice uh what has been one transformational moment from your life (laughs) 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 which one you can do two if you want, <laughs> but you don't have to. Um, I I would, I'd say the first first like big big one for me was uh, when I was fifteen years old. I got sent away to uh, Utah. What up? <laughs> um, got sent away to Utah for um, for three three and a half years, almost four years, um, and. Yeah, it was, I mean, for me, it actually ended up being a pretty positive experience. Um, All the negative, at least, like, in hindsight, was a lot easier to to navigate back then. Mm -hmm. And and now, looking back, I see a lot of the problematic things that that arose, but... Right. I mean, it worked for for a long time. I was sober for, like, seven years after that, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah... Did 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 a pretty good job. Yeah. Did a lot of triathlons and stuff. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Got like, yeah, I did. I I experienced a lot of cool things. Met a lot of cool people. Hung out with a lot of Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> Utah. Yeah. You, I love love them. Beautiful people. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful place. Beautiful state. Yeah. Beautiful state. And I absolutely loved it there. People couldn't be friendlier as, you know, mm-hmm. long as you're not cursing and <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any friends from the program that you're in touch with still? Um, yeah, a couple. Um, I very recently uh went through uh I was going through my old journals mm-hmm. and uh I found that there was only three I think of us from the from my original group in wilderness that were still alive Mm. so out of I think 12 or so maybe maybe a little bit more and that was that was sobering that was pretty sobering and it's not just from 
substance abuse issues is, you know, all sorts of trigger warning, by the way, but, like, yeah. you know, suicidal and things like that, and it's, uh, it's tough, and you kind of, you're like, wow, I, I'm still here, but, like, all these really good people, you know, they, yeah, they didn't make it, and it's just, a, you know, that, that in and of itself is, is transforming, you know, mm-hmm. making it through, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was going to ask Joe, what, uh, what type of program did you get sent to? The very first, like, cause yeah, it was like sure. a multi tier Yeah, let's thing. get into it. <laughs> so, uh, at first I was sent to actually just a regular old detox center mm-hmm. and, uh, that was in Tacoma. It was scary. It was, uh. That was the first time I'd experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 15 years old, yeah. so there was adults there and, like, one other kid there. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, some politician's kid. Oh, shit. He was, he was, yeah, he was on one. And uh, it was hard. It was really scary. And uh, it was, in and of itself, I thought it was going to be, like, the... Uh, like, I thought they were going, like, a scared straight program with mm-hmm. me. And, like, so I thought those eight days were up and I'd be, like, going home. But, uh, yeah. So then the next step was to a wilderness program in Utah um, called Second Nature. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had negative experiences with Second Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly due to the fact that, I don't know if you're familiar with the term being gooned. Um, no, actually I'm not. Oh, when kids are yeah, abducted yeah, yeah. In when the they're kidnapped, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was the term for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the many. One of the many. Yeah, I, I think that is that's sick, and it's pr- so beyond problematic. Oh, and like, <laughs> just traumatizing. I mean, as I, a trauma therapist, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at present time, yeah, knowing that <laughs> lots of our friends were kidnapped in the middle of the night uh, by their or by other people that their parents paid yeah by their parents yeah um yeah so a lot of these programs sorry to no no no, please um a lot of these programs require you to initially go to a wilderness program first and then go on to a longer term um residential facility um and oftentimes kids do not go willingly (laughs) surprising i know and so parents will pay escorts uh, not, yeah. <laughs> not sex workers, um, escorts, um, large, well, large, I shouldn't say that, um, people that will come into their bedroom sometimes in the middle of the night and literally kidnap them and then escort them from their home to this program. Yeah. Which, yeah. with, with very little information given to them. Yep. Like they, for they all they know, they could be being kidnapped pretty much. hundred percent. I'm sure that they had to tell them something, but. Yeah. I don't know what. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I fortunately didn't have to do that because I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I knew, I knew I, I needed to go somewhere. I knew yeah. I needed to do something because I mean, it was my, my best friend actually who just passed. It was him who actually was the one who called my parents. Mm-hmm. And even though we were, you know, screwing up together, he yeah. was worried about me enough that he called my folks and got me sent away basically yeah (laughs) which you know I didn't hold any resentment there was I understood it yeah 
Yeah. But I was there for two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much like a holding, a holding spot to, yeah. to keep you um, doing some therapeutic stuff while, um, while they find a school for you, basically. Right. And uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, hard when you're, when you're there because they don't give you any information mm-hmm. like that's called FI, which future information, and you're not entitled to that pretty yep. much. You're supposed to live in the moment and. Which I think is great, but... Yeah, it's great, <laughs> it's, it's unless hard. it's weaponized against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, my experience with Second Nature was good, yeah. but that's because I love nature. Yeah. And I like camping, and I like hiking, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's like, this isn't really punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think those programs can be helpful, and just to share, um, I had a similar experience. I got sent away when I was 15 to a different wilderness program, and then on to a residential uh, facility. Um, and yeah, the things they do in and of themselves, you know, learning to bust coals, you know, make shelters. That's, that's cool skills. I went on to learn how to bust coals later in life because they didn't have that at my program. Um, but, uh, it's an accomplishing feeling. A hundred percent. I felt like such a badass. Um, the issue with a lot of these programs from my perspective is without consent, um, you're likely traumatizing people. Um, yeah, and how effective is a treatment when the person's unwilling? It's, exactly. It's like any any sort of treatment. It's like Precisely. If, if the person's not ready, they're not going to be yeah. receptive to it. Yep, it's the same with, you know, sobriety or thing when it's court-mandated, yeah. and this is what I always ask people is, um, you know, in my practice I do harm reduction model of, you know, yes, we know these substances are not good for your health. However, if that's what's helping you, that's okay. And forcing someone to not use generally does not equate to long-term sobriety. No. So. And there's so many problems that can arise with it. Like, and not to mention just the physical aspect with a lot of the drugs that are, Mm -hmm. you know, prevalent today. Yeah. It's not easy to come off of a lot of these. Yeah. And, uh, right now, like I was on the, uh, the Kitsap and, uh, like, Pulsebo Sheriff's uh, Facebook pages, and mm-hmm. they're, like, very much so, like, fighting for um, Washington State to basically repeal their um, their leniency um, uh, laws that they've enacted in recent years about oh, yeah. uh, decriminalizing possession of, you know, uh, harder right. drugs. And... Their, their argument for it is that a lot of people uh, get uh, won't get the treatment that they need in jail. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't get treatment in jail. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Is, is they're, they're trying to get people to go to jail and not to mm. treatment. And, and it just seems really kind of wrong to me that they're... I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, they're... Uh, it's it's a very very uh multi level and multi faceted like just so many problems with it and yeah um but yeah you you can't force somebody to to want to get better yeah yeah gotta be from within mm-hmm. yeah so you went to this program in Utah afterwards and you were there for about three years and you said there was positives 
Yeah. In some regards. Yeah. Um, in the fact that I got to graduate high school in general, that was, yeah. that was a huge thing. I graduated a year early, in fact, Hell which yeah. was kind of weird because don't feel like I did a lot of school. <laughs> I, I, it, was, uh, it was primarily focused on therapy and, and uh, working out. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like what our focus was but we had school two hours a day and and you nailed I it graduated <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was a big thing um I think the negative aspects would would really like not show themselves until later in mm-hmm. life um yeah I think the most notable one would be that uh, so after the normal boarding school part, uh, sometimes you can go into a transition house, which mm-hmm. is just a halfway house, basically. And uh, that's where I went um, for a little while. And um, I was really close with my guardian there because um, it was pretty much like just dudes living together. And mm-hmm. it was like felt so much more freedom. And like we were out be able to go out. We had debit cards and things mm-hmm. like that. So it was like. We were getting to go back out into the world, and yeah. uh, um, I really looked up to the to my guardian. And uh, on my very last day, he like I had had some issues where since I didn't have the structure of the normal boarding school anymore, mm-hmm. I stopped doing my workouts much mm-hmm. and sort sort of started, you know, sliding into more lazy behaviors and his worry was that I was going to slip right back into addiction. And so instead of encouraging me to, you know, stay on the path, he told me on my last day that he didn't think I was going to make it. Mm. And that stuck with me for a very long time. And Mm. in some ways it it kept me like going because it was like, well, I'm going to stay sober to spite him. But that doesn't work either for, for long term, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just damaging a kid's like, you know, mm-hmm. psyche in that way. It's, it's just, it leaves lasting scars, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think my biggest issue with, with boarding schools in general is they don't take into account the long term, mm-hmm. like effects that some of these, these practices and some of these tactics that they use will have. Yeah. A lot of times because they haven't been through it. Yeah. And these programs still exist. Um, Paris Mm -hmm. Hilton has actually started a movement and is working on introducing legislature and Utah specifically has actually gotten a law signed into practice. Yeah. Um, And there's a movement called Breaking Code Silence because the troubled teen industry is a trillion dollar industry. (laughs) Yeah. And it still exists. So a lot of these schools will get shut down for whatever reason, lack of funding, basically illegal practices and then they'll reopen in a different state under another name and yeah. there's I think 13 my numbers may be inaccurate um states with very low child protection laws and so essentially uh we are sent as I'm saying we because both Joe and I went through this sent as minors um to essentially be under the care of uh often almost untrained professionals um yeah Utah, I think, is the number one like state for least amount of rights for people with who are under eighteen. If I'm I not, believe so, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, which yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense, but yep, it's uh, yeah, it's 
it's troubling. The money aspect was really, really, really troubling to me yeah. later in life. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 It's astronomical. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, certain points I'm like, was I worth that? But, of course, to my folks and my family, they're like, yeah. you're worth every, every penny and do it again. But I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And that's not even going into the in air quotes, counselors and educational consultants that receive kickbacks. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I was sent by my counselor that I was seeing at age 14, um, who's an educational consultant, still practicing. Stay tuned for the letter I will be sending to her (laughs) to tell her how I feel about that. Um, And they get financial kickbacks for referring referring kids and for how long the kids stay there. That's sick. Yep. It's, yeah, it's... Back then, I get it. We didn't have as much information. The internet wasn't a thing. I read through someone's master, or no, sorry, PhD uh, dissertation documenting all of the ways that this industry is damaging. So now lack of information is not an acceptable reason to continue to engage in child abuse. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Straight up. Yeah. And that's not to say there aren't positives that can come out of it. A thousand percent. But it needs to be regulated. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so. it, yeah. I, I feel like we could go on about mm-hmm. this for mm-hmm. so long. Absolutely. Um, I'll skip along to the next piece, mm-hmm. which is what is a memorable risk that you have taken? Huh. Um, I've. I've moved to multiple different places without knowing a single soul. Um, my, I think my most notable one was moving to Amsterdam just mm-hmm. on a, on a very much so on a whim, mm-hmm. uh, on a broken hearted whim, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I had been there once before and, uh, I knew it was cool. And <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I went there and I, I lived and worked at a hostel that, uh, that same best friend that I keep coming back to, he, mm-hmm. he had worked there at one point and, yeah. uh, and basically got me an in through that. And, uh, so I worked there and just did graveyard shifts and they paid me a hundred euros a night. Dang. And all I had to do was sit there and watch movies. <laughs> it was, it was nine. You think p- they still hiring? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was 9 PM to 9 AM, but it was, uh, I mean, that was in, yeah. too hard especially at 20 something you know yeah I was I was all about it <laughs> yeah so that that was a big risk um especially the second weekend I got mugged and like held at knife point and that was I remember calling my mom just crying like like I've made a mistake like, uh-huh. I need to go home like <laughs> and um my mom in true true Pat Dewey fashion she was uh she's like just give it an Give it a couple more days and give it a week and see how you feel. Wow. Like, okay, I'll do that. And I did, and she was right. Was Respect. Right. I know, right? Yeah, so many parents would be like, come home, I'm scared. And she, wow. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, she, she, was, she was heartbroken for, for her sure. son. But, like, I didn't get killed. I didn't get hurt. I, yeah. you know, I knew to give up my 50 euros that I had. And yes. just, he wanted money. He, yeah. It was, yeah. So I gave that to him. He didn't get my passport. So I was going, you know. Yeah. I'd gladly part with 50 euros over getting stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Yep. Yeah. 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 
So, I mean, that and just moving moving to San Diego was another big one. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anybody, just thought it'd be cool. Yeah. Lived there for five years and loved every, almost every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what is something that you are afraid of? Um, hmm, this one's kind of, kind of, uh, kind of heavy. Um, yeah. And kind of self-centered, I feel like. Um, being forgotten, like, really quickly, especially. Because mm. uh, I've seen it with a lot of, a lot of my friends from the past that have, mm-hmm. that have passed away. Um, yeah. And, like, especially friends that have died from substance abuse uh, issues. Like, it, it's, it sucks because they're... Uh, their legacy in a way is, is tainted mm-hmm. by it. And, uh, it shouldn't be, it really shouldn't be They're They're, they're, it, it's really, it's tough. Cause it's like, I didn't get to, you know, do a funeral or anything for, for my buddy, um, that passed. And there's no real, real acknowledgement of it. Yeah. And it just felt like he's gone and we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that didn't sit well with me. So I, uh, I made my own like spot where I could, uh, could go to and I, I, I granted, I shouldn't have done this necessarily, but I carved, uh, carved his name, like RIP Zach into, uh, into this dead tree. So that's, that's <laughs> somewhat helpful, but, yeah. um, it, it was just a spot that we used to go to, uh, a lot when we were younger and, uh. When, when we were both in a healthy spot and just good times. And so I, I made a spot, a memorial spot there that I can go to, but like, it'd be nice to have a spot to go to, Yeah. you know, cause it's weird to, to not be able to, uh, <laughs> I'm really good at this. Here we go. All right. Last time I promise. <laughs> Um, it, it can just be tough not having a spot to, yeah. to talk, to talk to him. And I'm not even really like into that sort of stuff, but when I lost him, I started to, yeah, yeah, cause you need it. So that has brought up a lot of different things for me in recent times. So like, I'm sorry if I kind of keep going back to no, it, but, okay. uh, yeah, uh, being being forgotten and being kind of put aside as like as like dirty and like mm-hmm. like uh we shouldn't talk about this because it's it's not not right and right I, I don't know it just yeah it's tough and Zach I knew Zach as well and uh, he was a really talented artist and I remember when you guys were living in Silverdale and he was just learning to tattoo he uh, became a tattoo artist um and I remember him practicing on grapefruit yeah <laughs> and so when I meet people who are like yeah I want to get into tattooing I'm like you know what grapefruit it's a great way to practice oh gosh yeah yeah yep I love I love those little like things that you like, cause I know so much more about tattooing than I rightly should. I, I don't <laughs> want to be a tattoo artist. I, I would love to, but I don't have that talent. And, uh, he did, he was, he was extraordinary. And, 
that is one thing that I'm very thankful for having uh, having a ton of his uh, of his work on my body. That's mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good feeling. But, yeah. yeah. What is a dream that you have for yourself? I'd say my biggest dream would be to 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 get old. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not always guaranteed. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd say getting getting old. I really like that. Yeah. How do you want to be seen? Um. I always want to be seen as helpful <laughs> um, yeah. and friendly. Um, I, I think uh, I've, I've liked being kind of antithetical to like what you'd expect from somebody who necessarily looks like me. Because mm-hmm. uh, back when I used to have a mohawk and things like that, <laughs> and I just like, had my tattoos all showing and stuff people were always taken so back when I'd be polite or mm. like offer to help them with their groceries or something like that and like um I I I like that I like um not necessarily that they expect me to be a bad person but uh just I like I like being nice I like being nice to people and I like just I think when people help people just just to help like for no no ulterior motive no filming it for YouTube yeah. and like um I I just think it's it's cool and we'd be so much better off if we all just tried just a little bit harder you know yeah so that's I'd like to be viewed as helpful yeah mm. all right um have you noticed a shift around the focus around mental health and wellness over the past few years? Oh yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's beautiful. I think it's so needed, and uh, I wish it happened sooner. Yeah. I wish, uh, you know. But hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting for me. I'd say you too. Um, <laughs> a lot of people who have been through therapeutic. Um, boarding schools and therapy in general at starting at a really young age um, so we've had this like almost 20 years yeah it's been 20 I years know. for me yeah and you yeah yeah because yeah, I mean my first therapist was when I was in sixth grade because my mom yep yeah um, like yeah I mean trauma therapist I, I'm pretty sure that would have been what it was I mm-hmm. mean makes sense um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but like, yeah, no, I've, I've noticed a big shift in it and I've, I've noticed that, um, it's being taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some pushback because it's kind of gets lumped in with, with the, the woke sort of, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Like I've, I've seen at least a lot of, uh, people in the industry that I work, which is oh, okay. construction and stuff. Right. You know, they, they all view it as, as just 
liberal whiny oh interesting like, yeah it's sad it's it's unfortunate i try and educate where i can yeah like, you know there's nothing wrong with with you know therapy and like you know psychology yeah. in general and and talking about our feelings it's a good right. thing and acknowledging mental health in general yeah I mean, not just addiction and not just you know the 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 main ones that we hear about but like normalizing um normalizing it all especially depression mm-hmm. and, and anxiety and things like that um yeah we're starting we're, we're on the right path yeah ish we're getting there yeah I appreciate that because I added this obviously I'm in the mental health field so my perception is skewed because that's what I spend my time nerding out on yeah, yeah um and so it's interesting to hear people in different industries and just see you know oh yeah is this just my perception is it um is it making waves um it's starting I think yeah. I think that uh I mean like with everything in in our world right now we we have a lot of work to do yep um but yeah we're getting there well, that segues perfectly into the next question, which is, what is one change you would like to see in the world around you? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Other than helping more people with groceries. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, hmm. I, I would really just... God, is, it, is it too much, too close to say, like, just seeing people be better to each other like because I mean like that's 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 we're so lacking in it we're so um combative with each other we're so Mm -hmm. um uh tribal like almost where it's uh us against them and and uh and whether that's left or right or you know religious versus non-religious or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. you know human rights being taken away from from people for you know yeah it's just a little more understanding a little bit more like uh compassion and and to be honest like I don't think there's anything wrong with people being middle of the lane sometimes Mm -hmm. like it's it's where discourse happens it's where things can actually get discussed and change because right now it's just so butting heads and like Yeah. yeah Yeah, and just for the listeners, because I have a lot of Canadians. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is very different. I mean, the left and right conversation does happen there, but it's um, being back in the U.S. for the last couple months. um, It's interesting to see, having last time I lived here was, you know, 10 years ago. um, The divisiveness is very clear. Uh, You can feel it. At least I can feel it. and yeah, you took the words right out of my mind of just understanding, compassion, and curiosity too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just discussion. Too. Yeah. Like communication and discussion is so lacking right now in every aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are at our final question, which is a choose your own adventure. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so what is one question you want to ask me or anything you would like to talk about that we have not discussed? Um, I, I think that I'd be curious as to how you, how you feel being like back, back home, like where you grew up. Um, and you know, just 
seeing all the change that's happened, um, not just, just politically or anything like that, but just like the island itself has changed. Mm -hmm. The the people have changed. The demographics have changed. Like, um, I I don't know. Like, is, does it feel at all like home still Mm. in any way? It's a loaded question. No, um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I like so much of my art in school surrounded this theme of home because I lived, I grew up in Seattle till I was nine. Mm -hmm. Then I moved to Bainbridge. I was here from age nine to 15. Then I got sent away. So I was in Virginia and then Vermont and then California and then Toronto and Canada. Um, and so this idea of what is home has always been something I've not, I've wanted to understand, but not been able to define. 100%. Um, and I've been back here a couple of times since I got sent away. And, uh, this has been super healing because I've, I'm seeing myself through the lens of the present day as opposed to my 15-year-old, 14-year-old self. And I held myself to that for a really long time and I assumed that's how everyone saw me. And this is the first time I've been here and been able to embody me, Michelle, you know, in 2023 where I've gotten to as opposed to who I was. Um... And the last time I was here was very different. It was probably, it was in 2019. And I remember stepping off the ferry boat and in my head going, welcome to Trauma Island. (laughs) Um, And so I'm able to appreciate the pieces of it. Um, I can still feel the kind of secrecy and the silencing that that is here um, where it it looks beautiful and it's well manicured and there's a cute little... Facade. You know, yeah, street, yeah. Um, but people don't talk about what's going on. And because it's a small island, for reference, it's the size of Manhattan and the population now is about 24,000 people. Um, I was able to see the demographics. My cousin's uh, wife um, works for a not-for-profit and they come out with this report each year about the demographics of the island. Um, and she actually went to do sort of a round table with high schoolers and they were talking about what are the issues um, that they're experiencing. Okay. And the, one of the biggest ones is substance use. And they tried to introduce things like peer counseling, but no one shows up because yeah. it is a small island. A lot of people know each other. A lot of people talk yeah. and people don't want to be seen in their pain and their struggle. And that breaks my heart because the one thing that shame cannot survive in is the light and the openness and acceptance and community and while touting how important community is we aren't embodying that from what i've seen and this is a very microscopic picture i am extrapolating so i live here it it is that yeah it's uh and i've left and come back several times too and i i feel very much similar in the in the home the idea of home it's it's mm-hmm. i i don't know if i've felt at home anywhere since mm-hmm. i was a teenager yeah um and you know i've always felt like home is where home is where i make it yeah and it doesn't have to be a a set spot you mm-hmm. know but um home yeah. is where your heart is that's yeah. what i'm yeah exactly no, like that's true and feeling at home with at home within myself with people so feeling at home with you yeah. because you've seen so many iterations of me and continue yeah. to um share openly with me 
how you see me and the strides I've made and reflect that back. And like that helps me see me clearly. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really fucking proud of both of us for being here in this moment together today, sitting on a couch, having this conversation because 13 year old Michelle definitely would not have called this in the future. I know. I know. Right. (laughs) I, I mean, and just, just, you know, I've had my ups and downs. We both have. Yep. Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, I just think that the fact, yeah, like you said, we're here and, <laughs> and we're, we're in, and it's a healthy thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I've just been proud of watching you and, and seeing the, the strides that you've taken. It's been awesome to see. I'm super proud. Please don't make me cry <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's been great, and I've I've been happy to have you back here. It's been Thank nice. You. Yeah. <sighs> Deep breath. Yeah, we started this with a breathwork track <laughs> from the Othership app, um, because if you hang out with me long enough, I will ask you to breathe with me, and I will ask you to take a personality test. And it's so helpful. The breathe, the breathing thing is always helpful. Yeah. Always centers me. It's a good call. Probably end with one too. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for being here, for having this conversation, for being open and continuing to be part of my life. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. I'd love to do it anytime. Yeah. And now we're going to go get pizza with our old teacher from middle school. From middle school. Hello. 20 years. Oh, wow. It's going to be a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all of your support. At Fairbank and Friends, we are learning through the past, creating stories of meaning, respecting the differences of all beings, propelling ourselves consciously into the future, and striving for presence each step of the way. We hope you enjoy dancing in the chaos of life.